I old and well thank you thank you one of the great truths of the Christian faith to me one of the most exciting messages that I get to preach is the doctrine of the fresh start God is a God of the second chance your yesterdays do not have to define your todays what you did yesterday what happened in your past does not have to be the thing that defines who you are today. We understand this. We believe it. We read it in the Bible. And when the pastor preaches it, we say amen. But the frustrating thing for so many of us is that we don't actually live this out. And so I want to talk to you today about forgetting the past. I want to talk to you today about your today and your tomorrow. I want to talk to you about God's grace, God's power, to bring you alive, to give you fresh joy, and to understand that what happened yesterday does not have to have any bearing on your today. This is the gospel. And if you don't know what the word gospel means, it simply means the good news. This is the good news that we preach. That Jesus has come to this world to give you a brand new life. A fresh start. Now here's the thing. The Bible says that if a man belongs to Christ, he is a new person. If a woman belongs to Christ, she is a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Now, we believe that, we read that, we will, we will quickly and easily declare that this is part of, of our faith. The question that I have for you today is this. If we know this and if we believe this, why doesn't it change the way we live? Why does our new life look so much like our old life? You understand today that when you became a Christian, When you gave your heart to Christ, God created something new out of you. You became, literally, as the scripture says, a new creation. Now, understand this. When we talk about a new life in Christ, we're not talking about renovating the old you. Anybody live in a renovated house? Anybody have to renovate a house? Anybody renovating a house right now? I'll tell you. A renovated house is a nice thing, but a new house is much better. And here's the good news. As when you became a believer, a Christ follower, Jesus didn't come along, send his angels with their tool belt, and start renovating the old you. God says, nah, you'll never be able to fix them up good enough. Looked at Alan Duncalf and said, I can, never, I can never renovate him good enough. So you know what he did? God invited me to join Jesus Christ in dying. And so Alan Duncalf, when he became a Christian, he died, was buried, and came alive as a brand new person. That's what baptism represents. It represents not a renovation of the old self. It represents a brand new life. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is what Jesus 
has done and wants to help you with even now. Now, so many of us remember that day when we asked Jesus to come into our hearts. Some of you remember it like it happened just yesterday. And it fills your heart with joy and gladness. And you can recite uh, almost minute by minute what happened when you became a brand new believer. You can, you can remember the place. You can remember the people. You can remember, what, you can remember the smells. You can remember everything that surrounds that event. It was, a, it was a, a turning point in your life. It was thrilling to you. Uh, but then something happened after that. You stopped growing. You stopped looking ahead. You stopped experiencing that fresh start. Now, I'm here to tell you that for the believer, for the one who follows Jesus, every day is supposed to be a fresh start. Did you recognize that? Do you know that today? You thought that when you became a Christian, you know, that was it. I, I, got my, I got my fire insurance. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven, and that's good enough, and now I'll get on with my life. If, if you think that, if you believe that, then you, you completely got it wrong. Because when you became a Christian, God not only cleansed you of your sin and wiped the slate clean, but he invited you into a life whereby you were renewed every day. Morning by morning, his mercies are new. Jesus calls us, invites us into this relationship with him, which we call discipleship. Maybe you've heard that term. And this is what he says. He says, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you must do what? You must daily take up your cross and follow me. This is what authentic Christianity is all about. It's about daily experiencing God. It's daily hearing God. It's daily allowing the Spirit of God to work in and through you. My question to you is, when is the last time that you heard the Holy Spirit speak to your heart? When is the last time you allowed God to lead you and guide you? Well, my friends, here's the problem. If you're one of those people today who, for you, Christianity has become very stale. Your walk with God is almost non-existent. In fact, you find yourself sliding into old patterns. In fact, if the if the truth be known, you look more like your old self than you do like your new self. The new self that Jesus gave you when you were born again. What happens to us? And why is it that we slide into old ways? Well, I'm going to tell you really quickly. Because we hold on to our past, That's why we have stopped growing. That is why the fire has gone out for us. That is why we have lost that sense of the Spirit of God working in us and through us. That's why we've lost our enthusiasm. The Apostle Paul, some of you know him. He was one of the great contributors to the New Testament. Wrote many of the letters, great theological documents like uh, Romans. And if you're with me on this, also Hebrews. Not everybody believes that, but I believe it. Great theologian, great pastor's heart, great missionary. 
Before he was all of these things, before he was the great preacher and the great missionary and the great theologian, he was a murderer. Did you know that? You maybe know the story of the beginnings of the early church. You know that in Acts chapter 6, the church appointed certain men who would be the leaders of the church. We call them elders or, or deacons. One of these men, Stephen, was called up before the Jewish tribunal and he was examined and called to give an account for his faith. We read on in the next chapter and we discover that after his sermon to the authorities, that that's really what it was, they were so angry with him that they dragged him out and under the watchful eye of Saul, before it was Paul, he was called Saul. Stephen was stoned to death. And there was Stephen looking on. Or there was uh, Saul looking on at Stephen being stoned to death. Stephen, as he was dying, looked up into heaven and he said to God, God, forgive these people. Don't hold this sin against them. That must have moved Saul beyond anything that you and I could ever imagine. Saul leaves the scene of the crime and he's now on his way up to Damascus where he's going to go and try to stamp out the church there. And on the way to Damascus, he sees a blinding light that literally knocks him down and he hears the voice from God saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And you know the story. Saul has a conversion experience right there. He gives his life to Christ. And in fact, not just gives his life to Christ, but now he becomes a servant of Jesus Christ. He goes into the ministry. You can imagine, my friends, the great sense of shame and guilt that Saul must have experienced, knowing that he was personally responsible, overseeing the death of many believers. And it was for this reason that Saul called himself the chief of sinners. Now, you may be sitting here today and thinking, you know what? <laughs> I am the chief of sinners. If anybody knew what my past was, if anybody knew today what I've been struggling with, if anybody could read my mind and know the temptations that I'm dealing with today, they'd never talk to me again. I've got some good news for you today. And it's the good news that Jesus Christ is able to wash away your past so that you are a brand new creature, a brand new creation. Have you allowed him to do that for you? Have you gone back to being the old you? Or have you left the old you behind? Let me tell you something. The Apostle Paul, who was called Saul before he was converted, he had a tremendous struggle in his heart. But this is what he came to understand. Let's take a look at this verse together. And if you would read it with me. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. If you are going to go forward in your Christian life, if you're going to say goodbye to the old and hello to the new, then what you're going to have to do is turn your back on the old. 
I mean, this is not rocket science, right? This is pretty straightforward. It's, it's pretty simple. But the problem is, is that it's not so simple to do that. When I first started in the ministry, I had a, I had a wonderful time in my first church. I was a youth pastor. I had a wonderful experience. I loved the, uh, loved the church. I loved the people there. Um, I, I call those my golden years, my, the golden era of my ministry. It was truly wonderful. And then something happened. I had, I had people who were, I don't know if they were jealous of my ministry uh, or what, but they began to talk about me behind my back. They began to actually oppose me in my ministry. Even though it was success, successful, it was going well, we, I think we sent over 20, almost 30 kids to Bible school in those three and a half years. It was incredible. God did incredible things. But some of the leaders were extremely uh, angry or jealous or whatever. I, to this day, I still don't understand it. But I do know this, that it hurt me to the very core of my being. And rather than my ministry defining who I was, now my hurt and my pain is beginning to define me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so I go to, my fr- I go to visit my friends and talk to my friends, and guess what the conversation would come around to? The way those people hurt me. And I'm not going to mention names. It got to the point that whenever, whenever I sat down with my friends, I'd start talking about the past and talking about how those people hurt me and weren't they mean to me? Can you believe they did this? And this is what they said and this is what they... And the, and the people that I'm talking to are going, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And they've heard it once and they've heard it twice and they've heard it three times and they've heard it a dozen times. You know what I'm talking about. Because when you're hurt, it takes over your life. That's all you can talk about. It's all you can think about. You can't, you can't even talk about anything else. It got to the point where I could tell. I would be walking towards someone. I wanted to talk to them, and they would sort of just quickly turn and go the other way. And I thought, okay, I'm not that difficult to deal with. I must, I must, be, I must be really hard to be around these days. I was hurt. And as far as I could tell, I'd done nothing wrong. My only offense was that I was doing a good job and that maybe a few people were jealous. Hurt terribly. And i got to tell you, I was a little bit mad at God. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? You, you, you hear what I'm saying? I was a little bit angry at God. God, how could you let this happen to me? I mean, I'm trying to be one of your star pupils here, trying to do my best. And how could you allow this to happen to me? I got on my face before God and began to, began to pray. And uh, you know what God said to me? Alan, you've got to let it go. you just got to let it go. You see, my hurt and my pain had paralyzed me. What happened to me yesterday was paralyzing me today, and I couldn't move forward. I couldn't pray. I couldn't read my Bible. I couldn't serve properly. It was, it was affecting my relationships. My friends didn't even want to hang around with me anymore. Because I was like a broken record, talking about the same old things over and over again. I fell on my face before God. I cried out to him. I mean, I cried. I said, God, I don't want to go forward in the ministry like this. I don't want to live my life like this. God, please show me what to do. You know. And I was hoping that God would maybe strike these people with lightning. Or... Sounds works for me. <laughs> you know, something like that. Make, let them get sick or something or... Not too sick, not, not, not to the point of death, but, you know, a bad flu or something, I don't know. 
And God showed me that there was nothing I could do about what those people said about me behind my back. But God could do something about me. And so I came before God and I said, God, please forgive me for holding a grudge and please take this hatred out of my heart. Because I can tell you, I felt a real anger, a real bitterness, a real hatred in my heart. Have you ever felt like that? Just a few honest people, the rest. No, not me, never. I've never felt that. I've always, always felt love for everybody. Even at Superstore. <laughs> God said to me, Alan, you have to forgive. I said, God, what? <laughs> they should be asking me for forgiveness. And you want me to forgive them? You want me to ask them for forgiveness? And God said, yeah, that's what you need to do. And so I sat down, and I wrote out a letter, and I apologized to these people for feeling so angry at them and for feeling so bitter, and I asked them to please forgive me for my sin against that. Now I can tell you this. These people sent me back a letter. You know what they said? Are you thinking, you think you're looking for a happy ending? Where they said, I'm so sorry. We tore our clothes when we got your letter and we repented in ashes. No, they didn't say. You know what they said? We forgive you. (laughs) And that was it. What? They didn't say sorry too? No, they didn't. I said sorry and that was the end of it. Now guess what? At that moment, I was immediately released from my past. My yesterday had absolutely no bearing on my today or tomorrow. In fact, those people became very good friends of mine. And when they were still living here in the city, they they would come to this church. Now, I want you, Spirit of God, to speak to your heart today because here's here's what you all need to know. If you're going to get over your your yesterday, if you're going to say goodbye to the old then you need to start allowing Jesus Christ to do a work in your heart, changing you, transforming you. Releasing you from your past. The problem with most of us is that we have this thing that goes on in our head. Uh, does anybody remember the days of the cassette players? You guys don't remember that, but... Us older people. Well, Kevin remembers. He's 50. (laughs) The days of the cassette player, you know, you've got your, your, you you put your button, you put your cassette in, push it close, and you push play. Yeah. I think think CD players still have those, right? But, of course, you don't use those either, right? You have your MP3 player. Uh, Then you've got your play button, and you've got your stop button, and you've got your rewind. Thank you, your rewind button. Okay, so here's the thing. So many of us, with our past, we have the play. This is what we do. We push play. We, re- we go through it in our head. We push stop. We push rewind. And we play it again. And when it run th- runs through, we push stop, rewind, and play again. And it goes around and around and around. And so your past has literally invaded your life. It, is, it has changed the quality of your life. And so you are no longer living today and no longer living for tomorrow, but you are living in the past. And it has literally robbed you of all your joy. 
And more than that, it has caused you to forget that God is a God of today. God reveals himself as I am. Not I was. I am. He's the living God, active and alive in your life today. And he wants to continue to be alive and active in your life today. Thank God for the great things that happened yesterday. But God never intended that you live on the experience of yesterday alone. He wants you to go forward. The brand new start. For some of us, you've experienced God using you in incredible ways. You've experienced the power of God in your life. And somewhere along the line, you got tired, you got weary, you say, you know, it's time for somebody else to get busy. Somebody else has turned to work. I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. My prayer for you in 2012 is that you'll say, God, I want something fresh and something new in my life. I want you to have your way in me. I want you to do something in me that has never been done before. I want, to, I want to show up for service, and I want to be used by you, God. I want to be your servant. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You notice that Paul says straining? You get the point here, right? Straining means you're pushing hard, you're working hard. Ladies who have had children, you understand what straining is. I'm sorry, maybe that's a little bit too much information this morning for you, but that's the picture here. That's the word that describes giving birth. It's tough. It's hard. And yet here is where the life is. Here's where the joy is. Here's where the excitement of your faith is. It's forgetting what's behind and straining towards what is ahead. It's, I'm going to admit it to you freely. I can't just invite you up here, wave my magic wand over you, and you go and everything's... No, it's, it's hard work. It's tough. And some of you are sitting here this morning, you've got incredibly difficult pasts that you are trying to overcome. Some of you have very recent struggles that you are trying to overcome. You're trying to put the past behind and move forward. Well, I want you to know today that you're not doing it alone. This is the whole point of why Jesus said he was sending his Holy Spirit so that you wouldn't have to do it alone. God never intended you to live this life on your own, in your own power, according to your own wisdom, or in your own strength. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit. And he's there, ready, willing, and able to help you go to the next phase, the next step in your life. So you can literally say goodbye to the old and hello new. This is the good news. This is our faith. Now I'm going to tell you, for some people, your yesterdays are what define you. And you think that anyway. How many remember when we had Lawrence Trafford here? Remember Lawrence Trafford? He's an evangelist. Okay, before he became an evangelist, he was a thief, he was a forger, a counterfeiter. In fact, he still will not tell anybody how he counterfeited. He could counterfeit um, uh, uh, money orders. He could counterfeit bills. He, could, he, he just was really good at it. He was really good. In fact, the government of Canada would go to him to ask for his advice. 
I'm going to tell you this. He went to Bible school with me, became a Christian, became a, a solid, solid follower of Jesus Christ. But I can tell you this today, is that I do not define him as a thief, a forger, or a counterfeiter. Do you know how I, I define him? As a follower of Jesus Christ. He's an evangelist. His past does not define who he is. Now, you've got to let the Spirit of God drill this into your heart because I know today that some of you are still struggling with your past and God wants to set you free of it because you are a brand new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. This is the good news of the gospel. Would you allow the Spirit of God to do that work in your heart? Stop hanging on to yesterday. And by God's grace, say, Lord, I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for something fresh. Help me to move ahead. God, do some new work in my life. Here's what, here's what you need to know. What defines you, then, is not your past. What defines you is Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? When you became a Christian, when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, what defines you is that you are a Christian. That's why you're called a Christian. A Christian. And if I was going to start a new cult, you'd be called aliens. <laughs> you can sign up in the atrium right after the service here. All tithes go to me personally. No. You are Christians. You are defined by Christ, by your relationship to Jesus Christ. Now, what do we know about Jesus? We know this. First and foremost, that he was God's beloved. What, is, what does God say when, when Jesus is baptized by John? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Wow! When you became a Christian's friend, listen, God does not see your past. He only sees Jesus. God doesn't see what you did in the past. He doesn't see your sin of yesterday. He only sees Jesus. And that's what defines you. You are beloved of God. And more than that, it gets better, people. The Bible says, or Paul says, now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So not only are you beloved of God, but you are victorious through Christ. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. What's Paul saying? He's saying this, forget your past. Say goodbye to the old. Say hello to the new. And say, God, I'm showing up. I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. I'm looking forward to a great and glorious future. And I know that I will be victorious. I will be more than a conqueror through Christ. This is the gospel. This is the Christian life. You need to make a decision today about whether or not you're going to hang on to the past or let it go. And for you to let go of your past, you're going to have to forgive some people. You're going to have to ask for forgiveness from some people. You're going to have to ask for help from some people because there's certain things you can't let go of on your own. You need the help of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what I'm talking about. You need to let go of your past and say hello now. This is the gospel. This is what Jesus Christ wants for you. He wants you to be free.
And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now I'm going to tell you, (laughs) once you get to that place where you can say goodbye to your past, when you're no longer haunted by the past, your past sins, your past weaknesses and failings. Once you, once you understand that you're not defined by your, by your failed dreams, your failed vision, your failed, your failings, your weaknesses. Once you understand that, you'll experience a joy and a happiness and a contentment that no, no alcohol, no weed, no drug is ever going to be able to give you. You're going to experience what the Jesus people in the 1960s called being high on Jesus. You'll understand what that means. Because you will understand what it means to be brand new. People understand this. This is a taste of heaven. You want to know what heaven's like? Heaven's a place where you are no longer defined by your past. You don't even remember your past. You no longer know what guilt and shame is anymore because Jesus has set you free. I want you to know today, if you're walking in guilt, if you're walking in shame, if you're walking in failure, if you're walking in defeat, God wants you to let it all go. God wants you to start walking in victory. This is what heaven is. Listen, listen to what, this is what Jesus says about heaven, Revelation 21.4. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Listen to this. Neither shall there be mourning. I don't mean mourning and night. I'm talking about weeping. There will be no mourning, nor crying, no pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That's what heaven is. This past week, Friday, we buried John Cooney. I went to see him on, on Sunday. Peter came to me right after the service, stood right here, and he said, my brother is in palliative care at St. Boniface Hospital. He's not doing well. Can you go and see him? And I felt the Spirit of God speak to me and, and, and say, get up there immediately. And so I, right after the service, I quickly grabbed some lunch over the sink, and ran up to the hospital. And I held John's hand and I said, John, are you ready to meet the Lord? He goes, I am. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see the Lord. I said, you know that when you, when you come into the presence of God, there'll be, be nothing but joy, nothing but happiness, great peace. You'll be reunited with your loved ones. You will see Jesus. It, and tears are streaming down, the, down, his, down his face as I held his hand. And I said, John, let's pray together now. We pray together. I said, are you ready to go? He said, I sure am, Pastor. I sure am. John, right now, in the presence of God, will have no recollection of his past pain or hurt or struggle. There'll be no recollection. There'll be nothing but joy and happiness. But can I tell you this today? You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience that. God wants that for you now. He wants it for you now. And all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I give you my past. Do a brand new work in my life. Use me afresh. And my friends, watch what God will do. Can I just say this to you? When we talk about forgetting our past, 
It's, it's, it's more than just forgetting the past. It's understanding that God wants to do something new in your life. He wants you to experience Him in a new way. That experience you had when you became a Christian, you should be having those experiences all the time in your Christian walk. Every time you go into prayer, every time you, you open your Bible, God should be speaking to you. Of course, if you never open your Bible and never pray, well, I mean, you haven't heard from God for a long time. But every time you open your Bible, every time you pray, God wants to speak to you. He wants to do something new in you. Can you imagine? Gloria and I got married in 1989. Could you imagine if the last time I said, Gloria, I love you, was back in 1989? And, I, and, and, I, and if I said to her, you know, if anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> just last night, just before I dozed off, I said, Gloria, I'm hungry. No, I said, Gloria, <laughs> Gloria, I love you. And she said, Alan, I love you. That's relationship. That's the difference between a relationship and a religion. I love you. It's new. Fresh, brand new expressions of love. That's the kind of walk with God God wants us to have. This is why the psalmist says, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of his faithful people. That's why we sing new songs here. This is why it keeps changing up. This is why we're not looking back to what happened 100 years, 200 years, 500 years. Because God is a God of the new, of the fresh. And God wants you to experience him exactly like that. As the God of the brand new the God of the daily. In a few moments, we're going to be taking communion together. We're going to be celebrating this new life that we have because Jesus died for us. In case you don't know what this is about, very simply, Jesus said that every time we took the bread and took the wine, we would be celebrating what he did for us. What did he do? Jesus came he said, that we may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came that we may have eternal life. That's what this celebration is all about. It's celebrating the life that's ours through Christ. Something new, something fresh. God is, in, is calling you today to let go of your past. He's calling you right now to say, God, I want to start fresh. I want, I want to I want to." 2012, to be brand new. I want to experience new things in new ways. God, I want you to be glorified in my life in 2012. Are you ready for that? Do you want that for your life? Forget about the past. And say, God, I'm ready for, I'm ready for the ride. I'm ready for the adventure of 2012. Let go of the past and say hello to the new. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you today that because of Christ, our yesterday does not define who we are today. 
We thank you that because of Christ, we have new life. And God, I pray right now that you would do something fresh, something special in the hearts of each one. We pray that you'd open our hearts and minds to receive that leading and that guiding of the Holy Spirit because, God, ours is, ours is a relationship with you. It's more than just same old, same old religion. It's a living and vibrant relationship with, that we have with you. It's constantly changing, which is new every morning. So, God, have your way in our hearts and lives. God, do a work in us so that we'd be set free. We thank you, God, for your love. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.